0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, April sixteenth, twenty twenty three, and my name is Melanie C, a recovered compulsive overeater living in Canby, Oregon. The share ID numbers for Friday, April fourteenth, twenty twenty three are the following: the seven AM Eastern Time Big Book Study Meeting share ID number is two zero. And then for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study Meeting, the share ID number for Friday is 20161 20161. And you'll need those numbers if you dial in later to listen to these podcasts again. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. This morning, A Vision for You presents We Are Not a Glum Lot. Today we have for you an extremely important topic for all of us, right here, right now, right where you are. So how come the big book speaks so often about the topic of joy and fun in our lives? We are not a glum lot. Does a big book mean this as a statement or as a directive or is it both? Thank goodness we can be all very clear on this matter and we're gonna hear more as the time goes on today from our speakers. You know, I was reminded on Friday by a fellow I was speaking with of something that she had heard over the years, and I'll repeat it. There was a meeting on a Wednesday night in a beloved state, and the question was asked by someone searching, how will I know how to find the meeting that I'm trying to be going to today? And the woman answered, follow the laughter. Our guest speakers today are two infectious, delightful, vibrant women full of laughter. They'll have a conversation with us today about how applying the steps and a relationship with God allows them to enjoy life with all of its highs and lows. Each has been trudging this road of recovery for many, many years and have learned a few things about how to tie trudging, which is to walk with intention and purpose with happiness, joyousness, and freedom. Whether it be by the words that they use or by the experience of spending this time with them, you too may find the connection to being happy, joyous, and free. We are all promised this in recovery as we're transformed from what it used to be like and what happened and then what it's like now. A vision for you is pleased to introduce to you these women right now, and they are ready. And you know them already. Welcome from the state of Massachusetts, ladies and gentlemen. May I present to you Penny C. and Anita J. Good morning to both of you women.
1: Good morning. Good morning. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, As a lot of people like to tell me, they enjoy my accent when I say from the Boston area. Um, and that, that that begins the the frivolity here. Um, I wanted to start with who we are, who Anita and I are, and so I thought like the big book has a forward to the first edition and the second edition and so on. I thought I would write the forward to our presentation. So here it is. We are two eighty-something-year-old women who, through studying and practicing the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous, have recovered from a potentially fatal disease, that of compulsive overeating. And we are enjoying life while dedicating ourselves to keeping in constant contact with our higher power God and helping others. And I also want to tell you how this presentation came to be. So for many many years um listening to studying the book and listening to Vision for You um I, I have thought about that um on page 132 and 33 where it it says we are not a glum lot we absolutely insist on enjoying life. And so it resonated with me that that could be a topic for a special edition for for years as I said. And so Several weeks ago, I texted Leah and made that suggestion, Um, and you might be able to guess how she replied. She replied saying, that's a great topic, Penny. Are you offering to do the presentation? Well, that stopped me in my tracks because I hadn't really gone that far in my thoughts. When I responded that I didn't know if I could fill 45 minutes, we thought about having one or two others share with me. Well immediately, I thought of my friend anita uh, Anita and I have spent um at least two conventions rooming together. We've done a workshop together, and um we've traveled to conventions together, and we've laughed and laughed and laughed um Life is no longer a drudgery we have we have the twelve steps, and we have our uh our God with us. And so I'm going to, um, this morning, we're going to kind of be interactive and go back and forth and and um, really probably share with you some of the conversation that she and I have had as we prepared for this morning. So how about it, Anita? Do you want to get going?
0: Well, I think I do. I definitely do. Um I want to first say thank you, Penny, for thinking of me, because you're right. We have laughed. And um, why not? Especially when you're 80-something, your face looks much better smiling than it does frowning. So um, I lit my little candle here to remember that God is in charge and that God actually gave me the gift of humor. for which I'm very grateful. But I just wanted to say what I was like in terms of humor before. Not always. I was not always this bad. But I used it sometimes as a weapon. I used it uh, because I loved to come up with the line, you know, Somebody says something, I've got the perfect line, I've got the zinger. Well, you know what? God doesn't like singers. God likes a good joke. God loves to laugh. My God does. And um, But I think back to, I'm from the Chicago area, and I was in first-time airplane ride to New York City, and... I was sitting at a table at a convention where the young people were having a dance and I sit down and I'm kind of interested in one of the men. Turns out later I married the guy I was kind of interested and a fellow walks by, stops at the table and introduces himself also from Chicago. And I go, I know you. And he goes to the table. You see that? I am such a great guy, and um, on and on about himself. And I go, oh, no, 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 it wasn't that. I remember your nose. Well, you could see the deflation, the deflation. And the fellow that I eventually married said to me, you know, you're pretty cruel, aren't you? I don't know why he married me. Anyway... um, that that is an example, but also I'm an equal opportunity person in terms of um, hurting, and the person I hurt the most was Anita. I told so many jokes, I was the brunt of them. In fact, at a young age, and it all had to do with my weight. You know weight, folks. We're in you know, Overeaters Anonymous. If I said it first, you couldn't say it. It wouldn't hurt if you said it. And I even wrote a comedy monologue way back in high school and made it all the way to the state finals. But the finals were done at eight o'clock in the morning, and I couldn't be funny at eight o'clock in the morning. I just, uh, so I came in sixth. But the thing was, it was about myself. And pointing to myself, and um, that's not the way to be. I don't do things like that anymore about myself or anybody else. You know, I don't know what's going on in somebody's life. I don't know what messages. And we hear that all the time in the big book. We may be the only big book they ever meet. What do you want it to be? Some um, sarcastic singer? No, I don't want to do that. I want to be, what has what that lady got that she keeps her going every morning, dials in, because this is the great reminder. I go to a couple of other meetings, yes, of course, but this is the one that changed my life. I've been in since the 70s, and it wasn't until 2014 when I finally knew, Anita, you can't have one, honey. Oh. So I am kind of sick, but I grasped it. I know that down to the soles of my feet. So I just, I think you now kind of know what I was like and why I have grabbed on, you know, to uh, the 12 steps. Does that kind of tell you, Penny, who I was?
2: Yoo-hoo,
1: Penny.
0: Star one, Penny, there
1: you go. That's Penny in itself, star one. (laughs) How often do we hear that? (laughs) Uh, So so, um, you can tell that Anita and I find a lot of things to to find um, humorous. So yeah, just like uh, you and Eater, I I, um, I used humor in, in 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 not so good ways before I came to OA and realized what I was doing. You know, unintentionally, I found I laughed at myself first of all cause I've, as a fat kid, a fat teenager. Um, I found you know people would laugh at me, and so I would try to use humor to be sure. That I got it in before they did, so I laughed at myself. But I also laughed at others. I whatever I could find to cause other people to laugh in a not so not so healthy way. So the difference that I find in myself today is that I, I I'm very aware of you know preserving the dignity of other people and not using any person or institution. For the butt of my humor, but I do love to laugh. I absolutely love to laugh. And so what what I do today is I I almost always have a joke to tell you, a joke that is non offensive, uh, that that you know will will hopefully get you to laugh. And the reason the reason I realize is that because humor and spirituality are so closely aligned. It's very difficult with being tremendously serious all the time and walking around you know with a with a long face very difficult to- invite God into that kind of an attitude and so we're told again, as Melanie said in the big book about the wonderful value of humor and so i I'd like to tell you something that happened to me two weeks ago that I wasn't really prepared for. These days, different from when I first started sharing in 12-step meetings, I I um, trust God, I really do. So when this presentation is over, I don't believe, I, I don't these days say, oh, I forgot to say that and I wish I had said this. and. Why did why didn't God give me the the idea that I, you know and on and on, so I was honored two weeks ago to be asked to be the speaker, uh, one of the speakers at a 28th anniversary 12-step meeting, and oh it was delightful it was face to face it was for me it was like you know the old days and and when you get to be my age you like think about the old days the old days in in OA were just face to face meetings and i love i love this telephone meeting i'm very very grateful for zoom getting us through the pandemic the way they did but it was it was so such a joy just to see the excitement in that room so the other person spoke and then it was my turn and so i got up and as i'm telling my story and talking about how I, you know, work my program, and I got to the part about the eleventh step nightly review. And I started, and I said, and so I asked myself, where was I selfish? And God had me right in the middle of the talk say, that reminds me of a joke, a riddle. That's a joke. And I proceeded in the middle of the serious talk to to tell them. And so I'll tell you. Why did the oyster refuse to give up its pearl? Well, unless you heard it before, you probably aren't going to get the answer, so I'll tell you. It was because the oyster was selfish, And so the word "selfish" reminded me of that. So maybe you had to be there, but the crowd the crowd broke up, and there probably were 60 to 70 people there. And, and, and I, it was like God gave me... That bit of relaxation, and 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 they were with me, and I was with them, and I just so appreciate the humor in my life. Many times, I'll even in, in the morning, so I can have a joke prepared for you. I'll ask Alexa or even Siri to tell me a joke, and most of them are, are most of them are not um, worth repeating. They're not funny at all, but. I always get something out of it. The other thing i I was thinking about is what a sense of humor God has. um I'm retired, of course, and um and so um oh, a few years ago um actually even before uh, covid i I was praying daily, God show me where you want me to to be of of service i I'm of service in two 12-step programs, but I wanted to do something else as as well. And so I happened to call a friend in town, and I was not asking her about volunteering, just saying, what what are you doing these days? She said, oh, I'm volunteering at the, the food pantry in town. And I, oh, that sounds interesting. She said, well, why don't you just come up Friday and we'll you know we'll we'll orient you, and if you want to keep coming, then do so, so I did, and the way I believe God has a sense of humor is that the job that i that I do, in addition to a couple of other jobs at the the food pantry, is I've been given the the responsibility or I've taken the responsibility of three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I go to the local supermarket where they give us their surplus and day-old bakery products. So here is a compulsive overeater, a real compulsive overeater, who, thank God, through the 12 steps and the higher power in my life, have recovered from compulsive overeating, who very often has a trunk full and sometimes a back seat full of all kinds of things that I would have eaten till I was till they were gone, and they're neutral to me today. So I just all the times we tell people, boy, does God have a sense of humor to give me this kind of a, a, a assignment as you as I think of it to do that kind of work, and He's showing me how how beautiful recovery is and oh gosh i'm really really excited about that i wanted to talk about where where i see um humor just a few pages where i see humor come into our program right away in bill's story near the end he says there is however a vast amount of fun about it all i suppose some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity but just underneath there is deadly earnestness. Faith has to work twenty four hours a day in and through us, or we perish and, and and that's that's exactly what I feel like too, that God gives me this humor this this lot uh, the other thing God has a sense of humor. Some of you might realize that I love to sing, I love to sing, and I can't stay on tune for two notes. And, and still, you know, I go around and I'm singing, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And, and and wouldn't you think that God would have given me a good singing voice if he gave me the joy of singing? But that's not how it works. So I can laugh at that fact. In my grandchildren, when I start singing happy birthday, they say, they say, no, Grandma, no, no, you don't have to finish. You don't have to finish. So, um, you know, humor is, is such a, a delightful, wonderful thing to have in my life. And, and I want to emphasize again how spiritual it is. I've, even even um, I listen to lots of speakers, AA, Al-Anon, OA speakers on YouTube, and so often that, that topic will come up, the connection between healthy humor and spirituality, God loves to laugh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. And I think when I get to God, he's going to have me singing, and he might even have me stay on tune. So, Anita, with that, I'm going to ask you, let's talk about something else that we we discussed.
0: Okay. But um, I want to give you a tip, Penny. Nothing to do with the 12 steps. Singing in the shower, your voice will sound beautiful. <laughs> I get in there and sing hymns up the kazoo, and I sound like I should be a soloist in a cathedral. It's just the shower. Anyway, the part that I really um, love with the humor is in working with others. Step twelve. And he, it talks on page 191. If if you feel like the person that you're uh, approaching is ready, you know, uh, check him out. If he's in a serious mood, tell him Escapades about yourself uh, in a serious way. But if he is in a humorous, if he's acting lightly, tell him tell him the tell them. A couple, you know, of your more humorous little escapades, and I used to say for years, I could tell, I could tell my story, funny or I could tell it sad, and isn't that the truth? So um, the one that I remember, the two that are come right to to the forefront of me, is when I was working. I was working part time actually to get tuition to go back to school and um the kids were uh i guess in middle school, and my um husband of course would be working and I had um part time job, so i was i always got home before them well. We used to have birthdays every bloody week at this office. And I would, it didn't matter if I was absent or not absent, but I think in those days I wasn't. I would say no. I would say no, no, no. And one day I snapped. And when I left the office, I went right to the nearby bakery and they had a little case filled with like cakes, um, nothing written yet, some frosting, that's it. So I open it up and take one, put it on the counter, and she goes, um, what do you want on it? I go, what? What do you want on it? Is it a birthday cake? Is it an anniversary? What is it? I go, oh, um, um, it's a birthday cake. So she's carefully doing happy birthday on it. And then she goes, what's the name? I go, what? The name? I go, well, it's, it's symbolic. It's symbolic. Uh, she's looking at me. And finally I go, oh, all right. Put happy birthday Anita. So she writes happy birthday Anita. And then she gets the box puts it in the box, and this is where God came in, but I didn't listen. She puts it in the box, drops it on the floor. I'm just looking at my watch, wondering how much more time. I would have eaten it now. It's crushed, but it's in a box. I, but, you know, that's crazy. You can't eat a crushed cake. So she starts, all oh, over would you pick another cake? There we go again. And happy birthday, Anita, wraps it up. I mean, it was hell. It was hell because, you know, those days we didn't have a garbage disposal. And I could never have any trace. They can't come home and find happy birthday, Anita, a half-finished. And um, especially since my birthday was in August and this was in winter, it's just... um, crazy. So that was one time. And another time, I think maybe it's before OA, I was in a pay way group at that time. And the other example was, I was abstinent. I looked great. And don't we all know that when we relapse, we're always looking great at the time. It had How we look or felt had nothing to do with with picking up again. And so whatever had caused it, after lecturing, looking great because they like you to look good, I healed. just, Just, I know I looked good. I come in, I walk right to the kitchen, and I'm standing there shoveling whatever we had around in when the back door opens, which opens into the kitchen. And there's my husband, who decided to come home and surprise me for lunch. We were both so embarrassed. He never said a word, and I never said a word. I don't want to live like that anymore. No, uh, you can come in. I don't have to lower shades. I don't have to do anything, do I? When you live in recovery, it's so wonderful but I have to remember these crazy uh, escapades of mine because um, if I don't, you know the addict's memory. So Penny, how do you think, what do you think? Those two are, did um, you think that the addict would laugh at those that I just trying to recruit? Okay, Penny. Enough already. Come back out. Pen me. Press star one.
1: There I go again. I thought I was unmuted. <laughs> How often do you hear that? How often you know, I thought I was on yeah. May I be heard? <laughs> um Yeah, so thanks thanks for that that um repeating what I've, I've things I've heard before from you and it, it's funny all over again. Um, I just want to go to the chapter, The Family, afterwards, and on page 132 and 133, and how how clearly we're told how humor and in, 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 uh, lightheartedness helps us. So I'm on page 132 now. But we aren't a glom not lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life, and I hope the listeners today can see that even at our advanced ages, Anita and I are able to enjoy life, not all the time, of course, but I know as a recovered compulsive overeater and as a a, a grateful member of Vision for You, I have over 11,000 people that I can call, And most of the time, we end up finding something to laugh about. My sponsor, often when I tell her my story, will say, I, 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 and I realize that it's been self-centered and all about me. And we laugh, and, and and, and recovery happens. The other thing it says on page 132, we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked when when we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Oh, my gosh. 35 years. Well, now I'm coming up on 36 years this June, June 10th. The birthday of OA will be my 36th anniversary, and I've been given the gift of abstinence for all of those years, over 13,000 days. That's, That's just incredible. Never did I think I would ever be able to stop overeating for any period of time. And one day at a time, it's happening, and I'm able to be there to help other people. So we go on with, Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much. So let each of us play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And that word free, I heard recently, um, did I read it or hear it? I'm not sure, (laughs) but... What what the oh I heard it yeah it was on on a, a spiritual video and the speaker was saying um, do we pray for freedom from or freedom for and that got me thinking freedom from compulsive overeating but freedom for being able to be there for others to continue my conscious contact with God. Because if I'm bogged down with all the, the worries and problems of life, then we're going to be uh, unable, unable to be there for anyone else. And what a joy it is! I love in working with others where it says, you know, uh, don't miss don't miss working with others. You know, uh, it says we know you won't want to miss seeing others recover. And that has been one of the biggest, biggest joys of my life. But I wouldn't even be able to appreciate that. as when I first came to OA. Um, I had been in a singles again group. I was going through a very difficult divorce. And uh, when I was asked to come back and speak at the 25th anniversary of that group, the the, uh, minister who was in charge of the group introduced me by saying, when I first knew Penny, she was a basket case, and I was. And I was a basket case going to OA. But today I I love love being who I am. I I I tell I'll tell the story quickly. There was a time in my life when I was overeating compulsively. My life was so unhappy that I went to the funeral, I was 33 years old, I believe, 35 maybe, and I went to the funeral of one of my nursing school classmates, and we had been very close, because in those days when you went to nursing school, you lived together in, 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 a, in a nursing residence, and so I knew this woman very well, and I knew her husband, because he had, they had been dating all through our nursing school days. And I went to the funeral of this woman who died of cancer at a very young age. And I watched her husband walk down the aisle beside her coffin, one baby in arms and the two others, four, three, and not even a year old altogether. And as that coffin passed by me, I felt jealous that Ann, my friend, no longer had to be in this horrible life. I wanted, I was jealous. I wanted to be in that coffin with her. That's how life had become for me. And today, and I know it's really all, be, all because of working the 12 steps and people like, like all of you that I can call at a moment's notice, or will call me and, 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 and help me to stay in recovery and the God of my understanding that, that I now have, not a punishing God that I came to away with, but the, the new concept of a God who's loving and caring and wants just the best for me and wants me to laugh, wants me to enjoy this life. One more thing on page 33. And As compulsive overeaters, I don't know about you, but this always makes me chuckle. It says, in this course, this is addressed to AA. people, not, not compulsive old readers. It says, one of the many doctors who had the opportunity of reading this book in manuscript form told us that the use of sweets was often helpful. Of course, depending on a doctor's advice, he thought all alcoholics should constantly have chocolate available for quick energy value at times of fatigue. He added that occasionally in the night a vague craving arose, which would be satisfied by candy. Many of us have noticed a tendency to eat sweets and have found, this pract- have found this practice beneficial. Well, as a compulsive overeater, we use this big book and we say we take the directions and translate it to our disease of compulsive overeating. But I'm going to suggest that you not not take that. Those suggestions, um, but i do I do find them very, very, very funny and i I'm going to go back to you, Anita and um and say you know whatever else you want to add
0: okay, yes, uh I know that that paragraph you just mentioned well there there's two things I wanted to say, and that's I want to talk some about about happiness is an inside job. And outside things have changed for me. If I'm in my 80s, I came in at the age of 42. Uh, Things have changed. And um, I found I can make up my mind. Does it matter that um, I discovered I have this arthritic spine and I've had broken vertebrae which has turned me into this little lady. who's that little old lady for God's sake uh, sometimes I think I should bring a pillow to sit on at the table so I look like a big girl and um but then I think thank you God that I'm still here uh, my friends you know I have no reason to go back to Illinois they're all dead. But I'm not, and I mean that more than just that the body's alive. It's that I'm alive in the spirit. And, um, you know, I think there's a, I forget where in the big book, but that some favor going back to church and some don't. Well, this this OA brought me back to church. I thought the first meeting I ever went to, the speaker mentioned God. I couldn't believe it because I had stopped going. I uh, threw out the baby with the bathwater when I discovered the minister was having an affair. And I was such an idealistic kid and a woman. And um, so that that always brought that back in my life. But that is not what got me recovered. Isn't it something? I really heard God's message through the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous and the big book. The big book more. It feels like, oh, hey, I love their literature, but it seems more watered down. This gives it to you with real depth and weight, you know? And the other little piece I wanted to mention were the turnarounds. Um, I can use turnarounds, too, in when I sense my attitude, my attitude is sour. Uh, or if somebody points out, you know, like you said, your sponsor says, hey, whatever he she says. Um, is there another way to look at it? Is there another way to look at it? You know? And there always is. I also have the vision issue. So I have to have a lot of light so that I can, um, you know, uh, function really like I used to. I use iPads, you know. That's what I've got the big book on my iPad. I have three iPads, depending on where I am, what size I need. And I'm grateful that I had the money to do that, too. So there's a lot to be grateful for. But even if I didn't have it, it's an inside job. Once I got the message, so what that I have to have a walker and I have two and one is purple and then I have this adorable little three-wheeler that I bop around. There's nothing wrong with my legs and walking. It's that I don't trust uh, my vision. So uh, But it has nothing to do with with that I'm a happy, joyous, and I always make people laugh, but not at their expense. Not at their expense. We've had some shows. That's the other thing I wanted to say is that of all the independent living places I could have walked into, I had to walk into this one where two women with um, some theater background uh, are residents. And we've put on two shows. And with one I was the mistress of ceremonies and I know how to do that now without um, doing a zinger and um to one of the people. And and the other time I was in it in Oklahoma. Who would think <laughs> if you know Oklahoma there's a song, Poor Judd is dead and it's pretty funny. And um two of us did it. So I just know that I can't believe that he keeps wanting me to use my gifts, and I know that he does like Penny said, God loves a good laugh, and I love to hear the audience. you know that's the only thing wrong with this. I can't hear you guys, but that's all right. I know that it's um if it's for God's glory, I got my little candle flickering here, and um I have a wonderful icon, too, of my higher power. Sometimes I swear I think he's smiling. So thank you, Penny. I'm really grateful you had me um, join you because, you know, I haven't told enough people how much um, this program and what God has done for me. Pass.
1: I love you, Adita. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One other thing that I I had spoken about to um, to Mel about before this presentation today um, is is um, what I do when I'm down and and if there's people on the line that are listening that can't relate to life being happy, joyous, and free right now, stay with us. Stay with us. You, I told you what I was like when I came. I was. I, I didn't want to kill myself, but I wanted to be dead. And now I write ten gratitudes every day. I'm so grateful for the life God continues to give me for for my four daughters, my nine grandchildren. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't have much money. I just have enough, and, and that's all I need is enough. And so um, I wanted to also just talk about Dr. Paul and acceptance is the answer. When I want to laugh and I and I'm feeling maybe not not completely, you know, um, joyous, I often will take a walk, take my my phone with me and listen to uh, AA speaker Dr. Paul O. Acceptance is the answer, and that's how you can hear his his podcast. And and as with so many of our stories, he starts off being very, very humorous. And then, then he gets serious and, and tells us, you know, just how much OA has meant to him or AA has meant to him rather. So um it's so funny and it's and it's serious at the same time, you know, beneath the humor there's 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 seriousness, real seriousness about this disease that you know, that's that's fatal if we if we don't get into recovery. So I just wanna read just a couple of paragraphs from Doctor Paul O's Acceptance is the answer. He's talking about his wife and of course, you know, giving her all the the responsibility for his drinking. And it says there's only one person in the world whose guts I hate more than hers and that's my own. Then he goes on to saying that his wife who's max max hadn't got that way because i didn't care indeed it seemed that i cared too much i had sent her to to i had sent her to four consecutive psychiatrists and not one of them had gotten me sober i also sent my kids to psychiatrists i remember one time even the dog had a psychiatric diagnosis i yelled at max what do you mean the dog just needs more love you tell that dumb cat and dog doctor, he's not a Beverly Hills psychiatrist. All I want to know is why does that dog wet in my lap every time? That dog hasn't wet my pants once since I joined AA, and neither have I. <laughs> um, and then he goes on to say, the harder I worked with Max, the sicker she got. <laughs> um, doctor Doctor Paul tells this story on uh, in the book and in and, and on his podcast. in in a very humorous way before he gets into the seriousness of the disease. And one of the things, and I'm going to end with this, one of the things he says is how much we we can laugh at mistakes that we might hear at meetings, maybe not right to the person, but afterwards. And he talks about how uh, someone got up one time to read the traditions, and he says the only requirement for... Um, being a member of AA is the desire to start drinking, not stop, start. And so just two things that I will relate from people that have gone to God that were long-time members of my home group that I, I just loved dearly and missed miss them, missed them a lot. And one of them was a dear woman named Nora who always wanted to read the steps. And when she got to the eleventh step, she would say very clearly, "Sought through medication and prayer." And, and no, we wouldn't laugh out loud, but many of us would just, you know, eye each other. And 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 she she knew it after after the fact, and she laughed herself. And the other one was this dear man, um, a Boston, big Boston policeman, big 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 man, big tall and and. Um, strong-looking man, and he would always wanted to read The Tool of Anonymity. And for years, years and years, he would butcher that word like so many of us do. And one day he came in he said, I've been practicing all week, and I know how to say anonymity now. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly how he pronounced it. So I guess maybe, again, you had to be there. But I think about those two people often and how dear how dear they were and how what a what a part of my recovery they 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 were and still are when i when I think about them. So with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, it was It was such a joy you needed to 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 converse with you several times as we have in preparation for this this talk. and um, and I wish everybody uh, light and happy joyous and free recovery in this God-given, beautiful program of Overeaters Anonymous. And I pass.
0: Thank you very much. I wasn't sure if Anita was going to come in as well. This is Melanie. Thank you so much. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say say, amen, sister. That's all. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Thank you so much, ladies, for coming and sharing with us today. You know the intentions of the big book. The question I was asking in the in the beginning, you know, is, is it a declaration or is it a is it a an intention? And it truly is in what you brought out and the idea of this is just what it says here on page one thirty two and one thirty three. And if you haven't read it, go back and take a look at it, y'all. Cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. And it is a statement with an exclamation as well as a directive. We need to cultivate joy. We need to cultivate love because maybe we didn't have it before. And you brought that across very, very clearly. And I can just imagine the belly laughs that go on between you two when you're in those hotel rooms waiting to get to those events at those OA places. I, I, it just, just makes me bowl over. So thank you for bringing that very, very important topic to a vision for you today. It's clearly. clearly something that we need and comes over us just simply from the miracle of recovery from the disease of compulsive overeating. We're going to ask Anita and Penny for their contact information at the conclusion conclusion of this meeting. Now you can laugh at that one too. So stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss it. And the share ID number for today's Sunday special edition, April 16, 2023, is 20166, 20, because you're going to want to go back and take a listen to all that they have experienced in their 80 plus years of living with Belly Labs. So the lines are now open for questions. Imagine that. Are you ready, ladies? If you have a question for Penny or Anita, please unmute your phone by pressing star one on your phone keypad. Offer your first name and the first letter of your last name. And once you've asked your question, would you please immediately press star one to mute your phone again? That would be helpful. Who would like to ask a question this morning? NWH. Ken Loretta W.H. Ken W.H. Loretta H. Loretta H. Anne Marie M. Anne Marie,
2: hi. L- Lorraine N. Hey, Lorraine. Good
0: morning. Absolutely. Hi. Hi. Well, let's start with those four because I know there's going to be more coming, and with the questions we'll probably generate more questions. So we're going to start with Ken W.H. with your question and followed by Loretta H. Hey, Ken, good morning to you.
1: Well, good morning. Thank you, uh, Penny and Anita and Melanie, for uh, hosting the meeting. Uh, when
0: um, When life happens and things just completely fall apart,
1: Um, How does joy find its expression in you? Either one of you.
0: Well, I'll say something. Because life does happen. You know, in the middle of the night, a couple of years ago, I wake up in great pain because one of my vertebrae just broke spontaneously. Now, how do you find some joy in that? Well, the EMTs that came saw my football gear all around and um, I was also feeling better and um, we start talking football and Anyway, we decided I didn't have to go to the um, ER because there's a comedy routine there. So anyway, I just just pray to God and then can find something else to focus on. And those guys were great. So life is going to happen. I didn't expect that, you know. And uh, there's there, but there's the way out. And I love that. Is there another way of looking at it? Hey, I'm glad that the whole spine hasn't collapsed. Only two of them have, you know. Or else I'm going to be three feet tall with each one. So, as you can hear, I'm I'm serious, but I'm not serious. So, how about you, Penny?
1: Yeah. My thank you, Ken, um I appreciate that question. And um my answer I, I I was letting just waiting for Anita, not wanting to jump in, but immediately I think gratitude. Where do I find joy in gratitude? That's the first thing. Because negativity can't live in a grateful heart. And if I sometimes the gratitudes, the ten that I write every day Sometimes they come so quickly, I don't even have to think more than, you know, a few seconds, and there's another gratitude. And sometimes I have to, I have to pray about it. I have to work at it. Sometimes they don't come so easily. But, um, and that, this, will make, this will probably cause us to laugh. So one time I said to my friend, I can't think of anything to be grateful for right now. And she said, did your toilet flush this morning? So there are so many things to be grateful for. And, and just her comment brought me joy. The other thing I think of what brings me joy is I am so gifted to have nine beautiful grandchildren. And um, not so much these days, but you know, as they grow up and they become teenagers, they start living their own lives, and grammar isn't that so important to them anymore. But my memories of... Taking them, you know, taking the train into Boston and just you know walking around and seeing the sights and and just um, showing them the pointing out the the beauty of the flowers at the uh, we have a beautiful public public garden in downtown Boston um, that gives me joy and of course the last thing and the most important thing. Is knowing that I have a God of my understanding that even when I'm feeling down, is always there. And and this morning, when I was feeling a little bit uneasy about this pre- presenting this today, I did two way prayer, and I asked the, I asked the God of my understanding, you know, to help me and to to tell me what to do that very moment. And, and I got the answer. I got the answer. Be grateful, and that God said to me, "I'll always be with you." What's What's the big deal? So I hope that that answers the question. But um, gratitude, Ken. Gratitude. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ken W H, for the question. It was a good one. Yeah. Hey, Loretta H, you're next with your question. Followed up with Anne Marie after you. Star one, Loretta H.
3: Hi, Mm -hmm. Melody, Loretta H., Anita, oh, my God, and um, Penny. You're like the two soul sisters. I kind of think of you when I hear one of your voices. I just equate the two of you together, and I didn't know that you were such good friends. And my question is, your presentation made me hear God laugh, which was wonderful, and hear humor. I love humor, um, you know, in in our weakness. How do you, and because I can sometimes get humor out of humiliation, so how do you differentiate humor, humiliation, and humility? These are very confusing to me because of, of my disease. And so, um, I just wanted. How do you, with your intentions, differentiate that and prevent yourself from um, feeling humiliated because my disease wants me to feel like that? And with that, I pass. Thank you again. The Golden Girls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're the eighty. We're the eighty for Brady Girls. <laughs> Isn't it something now, Loretta? Thank you for your voice and your question. And it, it is um, humiliation is well, like not with me anymore. Uh, because I I just feel like God has given me this gift of humor. He doesn't want me to be ashamed of it, and if I use it properly then I, I think that that'll go away, you know, things like that. But humility, as I'm telling, always to give the credit to God, which is new. That That is from God. That is, that's the program. Finally realizing, you know, you think you, you did this on your own? Are you kidding? He bestows gifts to different people. And he gave this one to me, and Penny. But, um, and with that, there's a lot of humility. God, you would do that for me, you know? I remember my daughter. I didn't know how to give love and encouragement, I guess, because I didn't get it. You know, as a child, I didn't get the confidence building from a parent. They didn't know how either. And when I heard that in my daughter, my nine-year-old daughter, I told her something I'd do for her, and she went, you would do that for me? I thought, oh, my God, what have I done to her? What have I done to her? And uh, I spent a long time, you know, undoing that, treating her with love and confidence, going her the confidence. she doesn't have to be humiliated about anything and um and again humility because because um it comes from God, it does not come from me, and that made all the difference. What about you, Penny
1: hey, I am here, um oh gosh, that was I love that answer, Anita. Thank you for that. Um yeah, um humble. Dr. Dr. Bob had a plaque on his desk that talked about what what humility in in was all about. And he was saying it was going going, you know, to God by myself and just relating, just relating to him. I haven't got the exact words, but but um you can google that um Dr. Bob's definition of humility. Um in and, and realizing that, you know, I'm a I'm I'm a child of God. I'm just a child. And in and, and, and I and with that makes me um one of many but also very special. You know, like um I I love the story that I heard as so often as a child that, you know, when when the shepherd has a hundred sheep and, and one comes missing. he leaves the ninety nine to go and find that one that straight away and that's that's who that's who I am. I'm one of those children, God as the shepherd um humiliation uh being a fat kid, fat teenager i i I experienced humiliation often. The one that comes to mind is. How um, I thought this boy in eighth grade. I was in seventh grade. I thought he was my boyfriend, and I used to help him with his paper route because back in the day, and um, when I was a teenager, a young young person, um, girls could not even have a paper route in their names, but they could they could help the boys deliver them. That was okay, and so as I was walking by the the place where the boys got their papers delivered. This boy that I helped every day that that I know I know liked me, but he couldn't admit it in front of his friends as I walked by by myself by by that that store where they got their papers Someone yelled out, "Hey, Dickie, there's your girlfriend!" and his response was, "That's not my girlfriend, that's just a fat cow, and they ought to put a bell around her neck." So when I hear the word humiliation, I always think about that. Um, so I pray to God that I don't cause anybody else to suffer that kind of of um, sad, sadness um, put down. But one day I did that to my little grandson, who was only eight years, nine years old, telling his funny a story I thought was funny in front of him, in front of uh, his twin sister and her girlfriend. And he came back with, Grandma, you know I have ADD, and that was before I had meds. I felt so bad. And I I, I thank God for the eighth step that I found my way to him when he was alone and told him that that was a terrible thing to do and that I would be very, very aware not to put him in that kind of position again. And I asked, you know, what, what else I might have done? Nothing, Grandma. If You're okay. You're all right. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but um, I'm glad to be able to think about about that and the lessons I learned from that. Pass.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Loretta, for the question this morning. and marie Anne-Marie M., you're up next with your question. And Lorraine, Good. hang tight. You'll be next.
2: Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for hosting. And, oh, my gosh, Anita. Um, this is Anne-Marie M., um, compulsive over eater, originally from Rhode Island. I live in South Carolina now. But when I visited Rhode Island, I had the opportunity to to meet um, Penny and, uh, and uh, Anita. Uh, both separate at separate times at different meetings. So... Um, Thank you so much. I love I love you both. Um I had a, a couple of questions. One was um do you think the um that trusting in God um has helped with your hu- uh your uh humor? And um the other one was um so it it sounded to me that prior to OA that maybe you had some sarcasm Um, and so, but you weren't, you weren't like you are now. What do you think helps you the most to change from the person that you were back then with that from what I, when I thought was, was a, a sarcasm, um, to be, to be funny to the person that you are now to be loving and compassionate and funny at the same time?
1: I'll, I'll take that. Thank you, Anne Marie. And yes, uh, I'm I'm also a native Rhode Islander. Um so I, 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 I I've always um like to hear you talk about being from from Little Roadie, tiniest state in the Union. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um the the um oh gosh, I'm having a senior moment. Would you, ju- would you just briefly repeat the second question, not in not, not so much detail?
2: Sure. What, um, what do you think helped change you from the person that you were before, maybe the, like that sarcastic person who thought you were funny, to the person that you are now, the compassionate, okay. loving, and, and humorous humorous person?
1: Okay. And, and,
2: and do you think that, that that trusting God has helped you with the humor?
1: Yes. Okay. That, that's Thanks. what I was, was um, <laughs> my years opened up at that. Um, as many people know that my mantra and I tell so many of my um, sponsees and other other people I talk to in, in programming and um even out outside of program is my mantra is God I'm yours and I trust you. And so I think that trusting God is a help in every aspect of my life. Um when I'm when I'm um fearful um when when i think i have caused somebody else some embarrassment or pain um i trust god that i can go to him i call i call my higher power god and i i want to make a, make it clear that because of OA, i have become so open minded to whatever anyone conceives or calls their higher power. Whatever it is, I'm I i i just love that gift of OA in the twelve steps that caused me to to become this this open minded rather than such narrow, narrow person. But I think that, that trust, I know that trust in a higher power gets me through anything and everything. And and just like this morning um, in 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 preparing the talk and getting up this morning and, and writing my my two-way prayer and asking God what I what what He would have me be, it's trust trust me trust me He said He said I'm going I'm going to guide your words so so relax and oh I love that too relax and take it easy we don't struggle and um, and that's how it's been. And um I'm gonna I'm gonna let Anita speak. Anita, if you remember the first question, would you respond to that? What are you doing to me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anne Marie, my friend. What was part A? I was listening to part B. Anne Marie well, may have lost. Yeah,
2: what do you think helped change you the most from being what I I could see as like a sarcastic kind of person to the person that you are now, you know, the loving, compassionate, humorous person?
0: You know, I'm thinking about when I finally realized we were all the same. And that came actually in the middle of step nine And I was making amends. And that's where it says it happens, that you finally encounter your God and um, and, and join the human race. And how can I be sarcastic with other people? We're all the same. And um, I remember when I first realized that, I wanted to tell everybody, you know, we're all the same. And then um, I knew, no, 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 no. If people want to find that out, maybe they already know it. Maybe, maybe they're not ready to hear that we're all the same. And um, you know, I love the they hymn, black and yellow, gray. What is all those colors? Purple and green, and whatever it is. We're all the same. We're all precious. And um, well, how can I be? Uh, you know sarcastic with any of them and um, I hear it you know the other thing I hear is I used to self-deprecate myself you know and that that as I said in the when I told my story of me doing that monologue all about fat me and making people laugh that's not the way to treat anybody anymore including me And so I think it's what I really did. I I, I did the 12 steps out of the big book more than once. But it was the second time, the one not in the 90s, but the one 2014, you know, that I finally saw were all the same. And um, I'm not going to treat my fellow brothers and sisters, you know. We have a fellow on the on the lines all the time who always says, we're not a glum lot. I thought maybe people would think he was going to be doing this talk. But he's right, we're not a glum lot. And so I try to spend every day not looking at, you know, the sadness. And, and I get such unexpected surprises. Last night, uh. Spontaneously, my family invited me over for cookouts, and um, so I was with two grandsons and their mother and father and her parents and her. Aunt. It was a big, joyous mob. I mean, unexpectedly, and so of course I was very grateful. It certainly took my mind off of this morning, which is actually what I needed to do. So if I just keep trusting and relying on this God, I don't have to be humiliated, I don't have to hurt anybody else either. And thank you very much for the chance to answer that, Anne Marie. Thank you, Anne Marie, for your question. Next up is Lorraine and with her question, but I want to let folks know this particular exchange has generated more questions and there's going to be time probably for two or three more after Lorraine Asks her question this morning so get ready in a few minutes um to be able to press star one to ask your question but in the meantime let's listen to what lorraine's question is and what the answers responses will be hey lorraine good morning
4: hi melanie good morning to you may i be heard loud and clear come in swinging (laughs) madam okay thanks Well, good morning, Penny and Anita. What a wonderful, wonderful presentation on joy and laughter. Wow. I I just appreciate it so much. And I also appreciate the fact that you ladies are mature because I'm heading to (laughs) that age. Um, I'm in my 70s, and it's been a joy. And I am from Boston. I live in Oregon now, but I'm from Boston, and I love listening to your accent. (laughs) <laughs> anyway um uh, yeah laughter okay um sarcasm um I think it's a Boston trait honestly and um I was I thought it was sarcastic wit I used to think it was very witty that I was witty but I heard a lot of people and there were a few what helped me the, the most was the few brave souls who started pointing that out to me and um but it was, um, I had already hurt some people. And my question is, I I have some regrets. I I made a couple of amends that were not accepted. That was, you know, when I made my amends. And I have regrets, you know, and I know the big book tells us, you know, we will not regret the past, no wish to shut the door on it. But I do have some regrets. And I'm wondering what you do, or if you have any regrets and you know, what you do to handle them or deal with them. Is that a good, is that a question? <laughs> what do you do with regrets? Either one, please.
1: Oh, uh, I can, I can take that. Thank you so much. Um, when I, yeah, the big book, I, I think of that so often. We do not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. And so what do I do if, if regrets do come up? and I'm helped by this by when I talk to others when I do a 10th step and call someone else what's the mm-hmm. lesson be grateful for the lesson um instead of dwelling on the 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 regrets um turn that into an opportunity to thank god for all that i've learned about myself and my behavior and so Um, I don't, I don't I really don't have regrets um, that I can, that I can usually think about. Um, uh, That whole idea, uh, most of my career was teaching nurses. And, and, um, you know, if they had mistakes, which, which would turn into regrets, I would say, you know, the only tragedy in making a mistake is not learning from it. So, Mm -hmm. let's, See what what you learned, and I and I, I I embellish upon that with with sponsees as well. What's the lesson? And I just want to respond to the the sarcasm uh, comment. Um, maybe it's because I'm from Rhode Island, <laughs> but um, I I don't I don't um, I'm not a saint, but I don't think that I've Engaged in sarcasm um it's not it's not usually part of my personality now, maybe anita or someone else can say, Oh yeah, you know, I see you differently, but um maybe I'm just you know just not aware um but but um so in in um i don't know I don't know about the Boston people because i I am an adopted. Boston person lived in Boston went to college in Boston and I love the city so um, I don't know what else to say about that but um, I I you know I don't like sarcasm at all one of our one of our meditation books talks about sarcasm meaning ripping apart, cutting cutting through oh my gosh that that's that's not not pleasant. so Anita, do you have a take on that?
0: I can hear it when I do it, Anne-Marie. I can hear it. So I want to, I can stop it. And I don't like it. I don't like it anymore to hurt anybody. And when I hear others, I don't respond. I don't encourage it. You know, once I wanted to be part of the group, so I'd do anything to be part of the group. And now I don't wanna be a part of that kind of a group. I wanna be a part of people who are like us, happy joyous and free or trying to be, you know. So I'm careful about I listen, I recommend people listen to what they're thinking because if you're knocking yourself in your mind or you're doing a dialogue with I'm gonna tell him this, voila that is going to lead to some very uh, tragic consequences for your spirit and somebody else's spirit. I don't want to deflate. I still see that guy. You know, I can't ever make an amend to that man that I said that terrible thing to, because I don't know his name. I don't know anybody in the Chicago area in that social group anymore. So uh, I just pray that uh, that didn't happen to him again. Anyway, pass. Thank you for your question, Lorraine. Thank you very much for your question. Are there any other questions this morning? It looks like we might have time for a couple, anyway, for sure. Morrissey. Hey, Morrissey. Got you down. Sue L. Sue Melissa C. Sue L. Sue L. Sue L and Melissa. We might not get to Melissa, but we're going to give it a go, okay? So hang tight there. Don't go anywhere. And we have, it looks like, Maura Z, Sue L, and Melissa C, if time allows. But let's start with Maura's question this morning. Hey, Maura, good morning. Hey, Mel. Thanks so much for your service. Good to hear you. Two of my most favorite people, Anita and Penny, thank you so much for giving so much of yourselves this morning. Um, I would like to know how you use humor as a tool when working with sponsees.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, Am I unmuted? You are, madam. Okay, thank you, Maura um, Z. and uh, I I need to say that you're certainly one of my most favorite people too, so thank you um, for the question. Um, How do I use Yuma in working with my sponsees is that was that was that the question
2: yes Yes. exactly
1: yeah yeah um one of my early sponsors in in i'm going to say my al-anon program oh my gosh i would call her and i was in in a in a job at the time that um i just was struggling with personalities and assignments i was getting and um or my family wasn't doing, you know, they weren't following my script as as we hear, and I would call her, and I would, she would listen to my long saga, and then she'd be quiet and she'd say, "So did you laugh?" Oh my goodness, that just made me more 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 upset. Did I laugh? Didn't she didn't she hear what? How terrible those people were being to me, and and so you know. It, it was helpful, and I'll finish that with one time that happened and I oh for a few days, I didn't even want to talk to her. What do you mean? laugh? didn't she you know she doesn't understand and I was driving to an o a meeting I know exactly where I was when this happened, and I had to stop at a red light and the thought came to me about that situation, and I started laughing so i I don't um negate the person who's talking to me I don't negate their situation or their feelings but but I do try to uh introduce another way another um perception another way of thinking about the situation and often we end up laughing and um and it it is it is it's a connection to a higher power um spirituality and humor are so closely aligned. So I'll, I'll pass to Anita. I don't
0: know if there's enough time, Penny, but um, uh, that is helpful to me. Be, is there another way to look at it? But I use humor with sponsors uh, to put them at ease. You know, it's not a one and done it's not a perfect thing, whatever we're going to say every day. As long as we're honest, that's what I require. As long as you're honest with how, how the day went, how your food went, how how you treated people, and um, just I I want them to start to feel the joy. That's, that's my goal. And if they feel in the joy, then they've got God to, the real sponsor, yes, yeah. Pat. Thank you very much for the answer there to that question. Hey, you know we have just a couple of more minutes here, and thanks so much, Melissa C, for jumping in. Maybe you can can have a phone conversation later. So, because it looks like we're just going to have time for Sue L. My apologies for that, but Sue L, what's your question this morning, and that'll help take us to the end. Actually, I'm in a lot of wind right now, so I'm going to pass to Melissa C. and I'll take my question for the ladies offline. Thank you. Okay, hey Melissa, do you want to ask yours in a in an interesting way? Oh, There's look title. at that! Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. So, right? <laughs> awesome. Yeah,
5: surprise. Well, first of all, just I just have to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I just I adore both of these women so much. They're just beautiful role models for. And that's what a gift of this program to get to get the opportunity to have women to model after. So thank you both of you. Um and and really my question was similar to Mora's, but um I you know, I was thinking too, like, you know, when Sponsee's call in the beginning and I know for myself, full of like that pain, um, and, and not able to see humor and lightness in any the the tragedies you know my sponsor would say I'm making a heavy go of living I was just wondering like how they could help a sponsee go from that sort of position to to finding joy Um, I think you know it was similar to Morris but wondering if they could add anything in one minute or so (laughs) thanks
0: well one thing I'd say is I'd be of course I understand that pain and, and those feelings and acknowledge it. don't say, "Listen, there's another way to look at it. They're not ready for that. I just be with them, and if I'm fortunate enough to keep working with them, if they're uh, it will happen, they'll begin to see it, and um. But as I say, that's what I care. I care very much that that they know I'm with them. As I said before, I can say it's sad and I can say it's funny. And uh, we're all the same. Our ad- And our attitude, that's the joy, as Penny had said, the joy when you see them change and see their happiness come. Cash. Okay.
1: Okay. Um... Thanks Melissa and um I I too um appreciate um all the all the work you've done to help so many of us in in uh Overeaters Anonymous. Um my first thought when the question was asked was I listen and that's not easy for me. That's not I I really have to work at listening and not having a thought before you know what what i'm going to say but really listen that's been one of the gifts i've received from Old Readers anonymous and and so um not only listen but respond with compassion um it's it's um it's 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 a, a real skill a real skill that i've learned um and uh as my sponsor one time i can remember Oh, I had some situation with a family member. And um, and so I called and went on. And, oh, I was just, I just, she's the greatest listener. And I just, oh, telling her how terrible this other person was and how terrible um, the situation was. and And finally, she interrupted and said, you know, Penny, um, I have plenty of time, and I could sit here listening to you till Christmas. But would you like some feedback? And and that it, just the way she responded made me laugh, and to see it, it told me that I was I was kind of I was being um, ridiculous, really. And and I've learned that what I do with those kinds of resentments is. I don't I don't dwell on them i don't I don't go on and on and on about the situation. it tells us in the fourth step that when we talk about the cause we keep it to what is it seventeen words boy i had I probably had you know seventeen hundred words to tell the the situation so um my answer is listen with compassion and 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 finally be able to let to help the other person, you know, see another way of looking at it. And very often it causes people to see the humor in it. Pass.
0: Well, thank you very much, ladies, for this presentation time. The time has wrapped up. We've gotten right to the end of the day here today. The questions and answers just enhance what you were talking about. Humility, you know, comes after being elated from absence and recovered but it encourages us to cultivate joy and laughter because it's intentional, and that's exactly what you're sharing here today. We put ourselves before those things as often as we can. It's just beautiful. Thank you so much. So as we close here, we'll read from page 164 as we always do, and then we will get your information afterwards. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.